This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, July 31st, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. A typical complaint about U.S. immigration policy is that so little immigration to the U.S. is done legally. And those without much familiarity with the system believe that legal immigration is relatively straightforward. That's very wrong. A new game crafted by the Cato Institute walks you through a simplified version of getting a green card. Visit thegreencardgame.com. Cato's Alex Narasta and David Beer explain how it works. I don't know if you have this off the top of your head, but among the people who apply for or would otherwise be in line to get a green card, how many of them, over whatever time frame you want to lay out, how many of them get it? Well, it's certainly less than 1% of the people who would, in, in a theoretical world, want to, to get one. In 2018, about 32 million people actually tried to get a green card, most of them through the green card lottery. Then you have uh, uh, several million, six, seven million people waiting for green cards in the family-sponsored system. And then you have employer-sponsored, which is another million or so. And then, of course, you have the refugees who the government basically selects who they want to allow to apply for that. So there's only a a much smaller backlog for that program, but most people can't even apply. So even for the lottery, most countries in the world are ineligible to even apply for that. So you have created the green card game, which walks us through a, I should be very clear about this, a subset of the immigration pinball that people have to play in order to try to get some kind of legal status in the United States. Can can you w- walk me through just the absolute most broad strokes of the game? So the game begins, you create a profile where you put in your name, occupation, what country you're from, and then you start by answering a lot of the basic questions that they ask. Are you vaccinated? What diseases are you vaccinated against? Are you a communist? Or did you participate in the Nazi war crimes, which they still ask, uh, even if you were born decades or a half century later? And then it and a lot of the other sort of silly questions are you and stuff that matters. You know, are you criminal, national security threat, etc. And then it goes into the weeds of a lot of the legal pathways, such as refugees. Right, David? Right. So it takes you through the refugee program, and if you are actually a refugee, but the government doesn't select you to participate in the refugee program, you'll have the opportunity to decide, do I want to go to the border and try to seek asylum at the U.S.-Mexico border? That's a risky proposition. That could cost you years and thousands of dollars if you don't get it or, or get deported by the Mexican authorities. But that option is available. And then from there, you go to the diversity lottery, you roll the dice with the millions of other people who apply for that. If you're from a a country where you're eligible to even apply for that program, then you have the employer-sponsored system. And that's the one where everyone thinks, well, if I have a job offer, I should be good, right? No, not at all. And that's where you get into the details of, Okay, is your wage high enough? Does an American worker exist out there who could do your job as well as you can? Not even as well as you can, just at all is is the standard. 
there. And so you, you are fed through that process. And that's, you know, again, you know, you're racking up the years as you go through this, uh, the time and the effort that it takes to, to go through the process and actually get a green card. And you're racking up the money. So we had this feature on there where all the fees that you pay, if you pay for a smuggler, if you're seeking asylum, all the money that you spend also racks up. And then there's an option where you can click on an attorney button to get advice. And that also increases the money that you have to pay fake Cato money, of course. We're not going to be sending you a bill. But when you're playing, both the calendar is ticking by and the amount of money that you're spending on this process is ticking by with no guarantee of getting a green card. And in fact, when I play it, I try to play as, you know, a friend or, you know, just as myself if I were born abroad. And almost all the time I get rejected uh, for a green card. I like to think of myself as highly skilled, but the immigration system doesn't. Yeah. Uh, there's one one thing you you alluded to, Dave, which is the the idea of if you have a job offer, it seems logical that you could then qualify for it. But your value as an employee to the employer must exceed probably substantially the amount of energy and dollars that they're going to have to put forward to run that sponsorship for you. That's right. And that's one of the interesting things about this game is that it really takes into account these practical considerations you aren't going to be able to look these up in the Code of Federal Regulations. You have to actually know how the system operates in practice to see, okay, if my job offer is only $30,000 a year, even if that's the going rate for janitors, a, a, an employer in the United States is not going to spend 10% or 20% of your annual salary to get you a green card and then once you have a green card, you can go work for whoever you want, and there's no guarantee they'll ever see any of that money back again. So these are the practical considerations that go into the game and building out what it, what's it really like to try to get a green card with our current system. One of the things that I think is most useful about this game is that the one of the most common complaints that we hear, mostly from the right about our immigration system and people just showing up at the border, uh, people uh, hiring smugglers to get them across the border, uh, is that why I just want them to do it legally. And this sort of betrays a, a total lack of understanding of what that actually looks like. We think that the biggest impediment to convincing policymakers to enact immigration reform is this ignorance. People look back at their family history or American mythology, looking back at Ellis Island, and they think that system is still open. And if it were still open, large population of illegal immigrants would be perplexing and worrying. But our job here is to try to create a way to educate the American public, policymakers, members of the media, everybody, to, in an interactive way, not just look at statutes and regulations and piles of this up, but to get an intuitive sense about how impossible this is for the vast majority of people. And if you, the player who's an American, were coming from, an, coming from another country, you had all the same skills, you probably wouldn't be able to make it legally to the United States. Me specifically, Caleb O'Brown. 
Caleb O'Brown, Alistair Rasta, David Beer, and I, I'm a soft skills guy. You're yeah. soft, yeah. Well, and I think that comes through with the game as not being something that bureaucrats and, and government officials and Congress is really considered that matters. And that is what comes through in this game. I think in a way that is different than reading a lot of the great research that we put out. You get a feel for it. One of the interesting things that we've done here is take into account how the background information that you put into the game affects the outcomes at the end of the day. So the quantity of your savings, the amount of your job offer, where you're born has a huge effect on whether you're likely to get a green card in your lifetime or not. And these are all things and considerations that are incredibly foreign to the American public. But if you play, I'm an Indian software engineer. I know one. He works in my building. He should be already getting a green card. I don't understand what's the problem. Let me try this game. I'm going to find out, oh, actually, he's got a 70-year wait, 90-year wait for a green card. That's longer than he's likely to live. The other thing related to employment and green cards is that to the extent that you are being sponsored by an employer, you're kind of locked in there. You, you are, your ability to act as any American would in the marketplace to secure better wages or better location or better arrangement for your employment is substantially muted. Absolutely. So we, this is part of the game in the sense that you have to consider, okay, well, if I can't get a, a green card directly, maybe I can get one of these temporary visas. So we let people, okay, try your hand, get a temporary visa. But then at the end of the day, if you want to become an American citizen, you have to get a green card. You have to become a permanent resident of the United States in order to qualify for citizenship and stay permanently in this country. And if you get a temporary visa, but you don't have a path to a green card, you're stuck. Yes, you're stuck with the employer and you can't go out and find another job. You might be prevented from getting promotions and it could be decades of, of frustration for you. How do people play the game? Go to the greencardgame.com or you can take a look at the Kano website. It's on our front page. But the greencardgame.com is the way to the way to play. What's a good score on this game? Well, the good score is you didn't pay anything and you got a green card. The reality is that you're going to see a lot of money going into this. And we really want to see people put a lot of effort into trying to get a green card so they can actually see what the the experience is like like and, and learn a lot about the immigration system at the same time. So our top scores are going to go to the people who invested a lot of money to try to get a green card. Alex Narasta and David Beer are the brains behind Cato's new website, thegreencardgame.com. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. <laughs>